You're listening to the Pursue God Family Podcast, the official channel for marriage and parenting topics at PursueGod.org. Join Tracy and Brian Dwyer every week as they talk about living biblically in an increasingly secular world. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org slash family. Well, hey, couples, today we're going to be taking a look at our second pillar of a healthy marriage, two out of three. And Tracy, last time we talked about pillar number one, which is all about choosing love. And today we're talking about the second pillar. And this is one that I think a lot of times couples talk about a little bit too late because we're going to talk today about earning trust. And Tracy, trust is something that everyone deals with, right? Not just in marriage, but you learn how to determine whether somebody, a friend or, you know, someone from childhood, whatever, you learn how to determine whether someone is trustworthy. So this is this is a concept that goes way beyond marriage, but yet it's really important in marriage. Well, and probably most of us have experienced the importance of trust when it's been breached, when we've been wounded by someone not being trustworthy, that we entrusted them with information and they maybe shared it out of bounds. Um, that And so you didn't even necessarily think about trust then in a marriage because you assume like, well, I mean, once once you get married, it's like, you know, I obviously trust the person, but we're going to learn that trust is something that's you're constantly building on. You're constantly working on building trust in your relationship. And, you know, even for married couples, we can do a lot of damage when we breach trust with our spouse. Yeah, maybe you're approaching this topic today. You found it online because you're having a trust issue with your spouse. A lot of times you're on the brink of divorce. This is the kind of thing that could happen when one of you has broken trust. We certainly have all kinds of resources about that in our library on the on the marriage page at PursueGod.org. But it's also really important for those of you couples who are just sort of starting off. Maybe you're engaged. Maybe you're taking this series or you're talking through this topic because you're excited about pre-marriage and you can't wait to tie the knot. And so we want to make sure to, uh, we don't want to scare you with this topic, but we want to make sure to talk about this topic and make sure that you have an honest conversation about what trust really is and whether whether you have trust issues, right? Because Tracy, I think we would counsel people who are about ready to get married if there are some yellow flags or red flags in the area of trustworthiness. In other words, one of the two um people in the relationship can't be trusted, then we're going to say you shouldn't get married, right? Yeah. Because trust is that important in a marriage. Yeah. And, and trust can come in a lot of different forms. I mean, we would immediately go to if if your spouse or significant other cheats on you. Okay. Well, that's that's definitely an obvious one of a major breach of trust. But a breach of trust can happen with finances. It can help happen with emotions. You know, if you're in a relationship, let's say you're engaged or you're married and you just feel like you're never sure how your spouse is going to respond to certain information. And so sometimes you divert or avoid or you you don't tell the whole truth because your spouse hasn't proven to be trustworthy that they're going to respond in a healthy or productive way. So trust can come in lots of different forms. And that's why it's good for couples to be thinking and really analyze their relationship and be honest about where are the areas that maybe we aren't sure if we fully trust one another or be honest if you feel like there's certain issues that you tiptoe around or you avoid because you're not sure how your, your spouse or your fiance is going to respond to. Those would be the kind of things to take you know, notice of and say, maybe that's a trust issue we need to build on. 
Now, let's back up for a second because we're already in the conversation talking about trust, but we haven't even defined our terms yet. And if you look this term up in the dictionary, trust is relying on the integrity or the ability of another person. And if you think about that definition, right, Tracy, because we see a lot of couples that come in to meet with us who say, the, you know, the husband says, she doesn't trust me and that's a problem. You need to tell her to trust mm -hmm. me more. Mm -hmm. And we say, hold on a second, time out. Trust is dependent on the other person, the integrity or the ability of the, the other person, right? So like we talked about last week, love is a choice, but trust is something that should be earned, in other words, right? The other person has on him or her the onus to be trustworthy. Yeah, again, I think a lot of people misunderstand the root of what trust is really about. Now, there are certain situations. There are people that have trust issues. That trust is a them issue in terms of a history or past relationships that taught them to not trust people. And so they might just react no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they're going to be uh, not as trusting. So that that's a, a caveat here. But for most of us, Trust is really about if you're having a conflict with your spouse and your spouse is saying, I don't trust you in this area, that the right response is not, well, then that's your issue that you're not a trusting person. The right attitude would be to say, okay, how can I earn your trust? What can I do differently? What do I need to start doing or stop doing to show you that I'm trustworthy in that area? Yeah, because here's the principle. It's really simple. Principle number one is that you have to choose love. Love is a choice, not just a feeling. Principle number two, we say it like this, that trust is earned, not freely given. So you're not supposed to freely give away trust. And again, some couples might say, what do you mean? I have to trust my spouse. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to trust your spouse. Your spouse has to earn your trust. And this is, I think this is something that especially Christian couples might have to wrestle with a little bit. I mean, think about, think about trust when it comes to God. Deuteronomy 7, I don't want to read that. It says, understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God, another word for trustworthy, the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love, and, love him and obey his commandments. So look, that, that's not a marriage verse, but it's, it's a verse that's talking about these two things that we're talking about. Number one, his love. He lavishes his love, this covenant love that God makes a covenant with us. A covenant is a promise. That's what we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. but, but what it's saying here is that God is faithful, that, that he is trustworthy. You know, God doesn't ask us, if you're a Christian, God doesn't ask you to just blindly trust him. And neither can your spouse ask you to blindly trust him or her. Trust is something that your spouse has to work hard at earning. So again, if you're the spouse, I'm talking to you right now, you need to really ask this question, how can I earn trust every single day in this relationship? Because I can't demand it from my spouse. I have to earn it. Right. Because like you said, from that principle that trust is earned, not freely given. So as we earn it, think of it like a bank account. As you're earning trust by showing trustworthiness of being consistent in your word and your actions, you know, if it comes to finances that you aren't hiding the way you spend your money, uh, maybe you guys, you know, you share your your phone, so both you and your spouse have access, like who you're texting, who you're on the phone with, you can look at each other's social medias, uh, accounts, whatever. Just all those ways of showing, like, I'm a trustworthy person and I'll show it 
the, in these actions and things that I do. So if you think of it like a bank account, the more you show actions of being trustworthy, then you're building up your trust account, right? It's, it's growing, like our money grows when we put it in the bank. And the problem is what happens in a lot of relationships and marriages is because they don't have an understanding of trust and they're making decisions and they're not following through and they're not being true to their word, those are withdrawals that are happening from that account. And so if you're never putting deposits, you're never showing that you're a trustworthy person, then lo and behold, when a breach of trust occurs, it's just gonna be that much more devastating because your spouse is gonna be like, okay, well, you weren't trustworthy in this situation, but you haven't been trustworthy in like nine other things. And so I just, in a blanket way, don't trust you. That's where lots of conflict comes in. That's where couples start to shut down and say, I'm giving up on this relationship because I'm looking at this person that's supposed to love me more than anyone else in the world, yet they're the one hurting me the most because I don't trust them. Yeah, and again, we don't want couples to feel like we're talking just about like those ultimate things. I, I know a lot of times for me, when I think about trust issues, I'm thinking about a spouse cheating on you. And certainly that is a story for a lot of couples out there. And that's a devastating thing. And this relates to that. But it's it's so much more than that, right, Tracy? It's even the smaller things mm -hmm. it, as a couple. So if you're listening to this, don't don't turn this topic off just yet, because I think you still have some things to learn about the smaller areas where you can earn trust in your life. And Tracy, maybe we can just expose ourselves a little bit at the beginning of our relationship, we still had some trust. I know I still had some trust to earn around things like, um, you know, keeping my word if I said I'll, I'm going to be home for dinner at 530 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. To me, it wasn't that big of a deal. And yet, to you, that was just every time I would come home at 630 or 7 o'clock and not give you a call, not give you a heads up, because again, I'm just in my own world. I'm, I'm living like a bachelor in those early years. I'm still adjusting mm -hmm. to being one with you. Well, that was a, an example where I'm losing, I, I'm taking, I'm withdrawing trust from that bank account. And then little issues like that eventually end up compounding and pretty soon now we've got like trust issues and I'm like, what's the big deal? I didn't cheat on you, right? Right, yeah. And another example, like I said a minute ago, is about money. Again, in our relationship, mm -hmm. I was, I've was i been more of the spender in our relationship. And so we've had to have many conversations. We've, we've used a budget as a way for me to earn your trust that I'm not just free will and spending money. And you're saying, hey, listen, I we have some goals we're trying to save for. And now you just spent it in this area. And I, you know, we need to make those decisions together. So those are just a couple of examples. It doesn't have to be the big major things that that people end up getting a divorce over, like an affair or something. It can be over little things. It can be how each of you responds, like I said, to, to disappointment or to just like an emotional reaction to things. If you find yourself tiptoeing around or if you find yourself saying, I don't know if I, I don't know if my spouse is going to follow through on this, or I don't know if I can trust their response to a certain situation. Those would be things that then as a couple, you need to say, these are areas of trust for us. They're not monumental, but they're enough that it's causing me to have a reaction where I'm not sure if I can depend on you to respond the way I need you to respond or to respond in a productive way. So those would be the topics then you need to say, then let's couch those of how do I earn your trust? How can I show that you're, I'm a trustworthy person with the way I'm spending our money or the way I emotionally respond to situations like that? Yeah, couples would be a good exercise. You could even stop this right now, pause this and and talk about what are some areas where I need to earn trust. And I would encourage you to ask your spouse that. Where 
How can I earn trust more? Let anything be on the table, right? Don't be afraid to talk about anything. It's so important to have these conversations. Maybe it is a small little thing, like you said, about an emotional response or a financial thing or, or a time a time management thing like my issue, or maybe it is, maybe it is around like hanging around with the someone of the opposite sex too much at work or things like that. Mm -hmm. It's so much better to have those conversations early on in your relationship rather than just sort of sweeping them under the rug and not addressing them. And pretty soon it blows up into something that your marriage might not survive. Now we're going to talk about the third pillar of a healthy marriage next week and and that is just all about communication can keep talking and which includes conflict a lot of couples are afraid of conflict so we'll talk more about that mm -hmm. next time but the the topic of trust is it's just so valuable to have honest conversations about how the other person can earn your trust it's almost like giving them a gift to tell them how they can earn your trust and you're not playing cat and mouse when you do that, man, it'll change your whole marriage. So if you're a newlywed couple, or if you're just an engaged couple, like do those exercises. Now, if you're a longer time married couple, and maybe your marriage has grown stale, or there've been some patterns in your marriage that you wish you would have had this conversation 30 years ago, have the conversation today. It's never too late to sort of refresh this area of your life and really talk about earning trust. And so Tracy, for, for this, Right now for this topic, I think it's important for us to talk about these three characteristics of trust as mm -hmm. people are processing it right now. Again, mm -hmm. for some people, this might be a brand new topic, a brand new um, uh, conversation to explore with their spouse. But the first thing that we talk about is that the trust is measurable. And this is really helpful for, I think, especially for guys, right? Because I want to I want to measure it. Like if you can say you have earned my trust in this way. If you're, if you're having trust issues in your marriage, make sure that you come up with measurable solutions to those trust issues. Tracy, what do we mean by that? Yeah, I mean, this is where when you have that conversation or if you've experienced a breach of trust in some way, that the response then, the right response of your spouse who's broken trust is to say, how do I earn it back? What can I do to show you that I, I'm trustworthy? I want to start putting more deposits in the trust account. I'm sorry that I made that big withdrawal. Okay, so then for the spouse that's been hurt by the broken trust, then your job isn't to just hold it over their head and be like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever trust you again, right? No, the response would be like, well, if I saw you doing X, Y, and Z, like specific behaviors, specific things, then that would be kind of like, I see that. It's like a fact base, you know, it's like a data point that I can look at and say, okay, yeah, I see that you are doing this or not doing that. And that's showing me that you're really working at earning my trust. So that's a really important first step. So for example, like I mentioned, when it was earning your trust with how I spent our money, a budget is a very easy way. We tracked every dollar that we were spending. So I wasn't, you know, just trust me, Brian, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Like, no, I, sh I showed you, here's, here's the receipts, here's, here's what I'm doing. We tracked it all. That was a measurable thing for you to see. You know, yep. for a lot of couples that we've worked with that have maybe had a pornography addiction or maybe have had some inappropriate connection with someone of the opposite sex at work or whatever, that one of those measurable things that you could do then is to say, like, give me free access to your phone to pick it up anytime I want to see 
who you've been texting. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had conversations with couples that have, you know, individual Facebook accounts and through Messenger and chatting with someone through that platform has created unhealthy emotional connections or have turned into a full-blown affair. You know, some of the things that you could do if that's happened to you is to say, you know what, we're going to erase our individual accounts. We're going to be a, an account as a couple. So someone wouldn't be stupid enough probably to message you with bad intentions when they know it's a husband and wife together. Um, you would give passwords to your social media platforms. Like you would just show like, I'm going to be open with you. And it wouldn't be that the spouse who's hurt by the breach of trust has to ask you for that. The, the spouse that needs to earn the trust would say, I'm gonna give you full access. Again, that would be a measurable data point showing that you wanna earn trust. Yeah, I remember a, a couple, a friend of ours years ago where the husband had a porn addiction and it was found out after 30 years of marriage. I mean, it was devastating to the wife. And I was so impressed that the, that the husband didn't didn't hide it anymore. I mean, he'd already hit it for 30 years, but he's, he said, this was a problem. I wish we had dealt with it 30 years ago. We didn't. And he said to her, he said, what do I need to do to earn your trust back? Anything you say. And Tracy, I, re I still remember what her response was. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her for this. She was shocked. She was angry. She was all these, all these emotions in her. She said, I don't know if you can live with me anymore. And he said, that's fine. If, we, if I need to move out for a while to earn your trust back, whatever. But they realized that that wasn't probably going to be helpful because then he had no accountability there. So she literally, do you remember this, Tracy? She literally said, I think they put tape down in their kitchen. Yeah. They lived at se in separate um, ends of the house, but they shared the kitchen and he had to stay on his side of the tape and she stayed on her side of the tape for, se for several months. This is what they did. And he said, that's fine. I'll do whatever I have to do because I recognize that I need to work now to earn this trust back. I'd, he'd withdrawn so much from the trust bank over time that now he's saying, I'll do whatever I have to do to work, to earn this back. And that's such a great example, by the way, their marriage ended up surviving mm -hmm. that just terrible trust issue. And if they could survive that, you can survive it too. But the earlier you catch it, the better. Measure those, measure trust and trustworthiness. Uh, spouses need to celebrate that. When your spouse has earned your trust, celebrate that with mm -hmm. your spouse. Um, speak those words of affirmation, not just when they, when they lose the battle, but when they win the battle, make sure to speak that out. And that's part of measuring trust. Yeah, and I think also it's just an important part of the measurable piece is that if you mess up, if if you make another decision or you find that, you know, especially if it's something that you've maybe hid for many years, so the habit is just always to hide what you know your spouse doesn't want you to be doing because you know it's hurtful and you don't want to hurt them, that as you're learning how to earn trust, that you would confess when you've messed up. You know, that I mean, that goes a long way too in earning trust. That's again, another data point. When we show our spouse, like, I, I need you to know, in, instead of your spouse having to be the sleuth detective who figures out when you're telling the truth or not telling the truth, that if you could come and just be like, you know what, I just need you to know, um, I, I accessed, uh, you know, a website today that I shouldn't have, that I know that was wrong and I just need to confess that to you. And again, that's another way of your spouse being able to measure that you're really trying to earn trust because you're being honest and you're confessing when you know that you mess up. Okay, so that's the first characteristic of trust, that, it, that it's measurable. The second one is that, that trust takes time. That it takes time 
to build trust, which is why we always say to couples, young couples, when they're dating, is we say, be honest about this, really pay attention to this. Is this person trustworthy? This is why it's important to date someone as long as you need to, to make sure you understand that they're basically trustworthy, that there's that there's a core uh, you know, integrity as part of their character. Because if you're not sure about that, then you shouldn't move forward mm -hmm. in the marriage. So trust takes time to earn. Now, if you're already married and you, f you feel like you married someone who isn't trustworthy, then, then that's going to be some hard work. You've got to spend some time, both of you, like you have to be in it for the long haul because you can't just, trust isn't something you could just microwave. It is something that takes a long time to develop. You know, it takes a short amount of time to lose it, but it yeah. takes a long amount of time to gain it. And I think that that's, I like that analogy of the microwave because I think it goes, the time piece goes both ways. For the person who who breached trust, you don't get to just do like, oh, hey, look, I, I was better today, so now just trust me, right? I want to be done with this trust-earning exercise. Like, you need to show that over time. You need, to, you need to show your spouse continually and ongoing that you're earning their trust in whatever area you, you broke it. And also, for the spouse that's looking for trust to be earned, you have to be respectful of time, too, um, that... You give, you give your spouse time to earn your trust and you don't just sit on that emotion of, well, they breached it once and so I don't, I don't know if it's ever gonna be able to change. Like, you know, you have to give time a chance for trust to be earned and for that to change both of your hearts and to look at the marriage and be like, okay, there's, I can see hope here. I can see that we're making ground as trust is being earned. You just have to be patient through that process. Okay, so number one, trust is measurable. Number two, trust takes time to build. And then number three, and this is kind of the most obvious one, and we've essentially been talking about this, trust is reactive. Mm -hmm. And what we, what, we, what we mean by that is that you're going to react, you're gonna to react to your spouse based on their trustworthiness. So again, this kind of goes right back to the definition that trusting that trust depends on the ability of the other person mm -hmm. or the character of the other person or the choices of the other person. And so spouses, you just really have to wrap your mind around this. You're going to react in trust or with a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are exceptions to this, that sometimes there are some, and that's for maybe for a whole nother topic. There are some times when a, when a spouse has to learn how to trust that the, that the spouse is trustworthy, but, but the other spouse really has trust issues. We know that that's a thing. But for most couples, the issue is that the spouse has to earn trust because trust is reactive. And Tracy, that is really different, fundamentally different from forgiveness. And mm -hmm. so let's finish by talking about the difference between trust and forgiveness. And I think this is where a lot of Christian couples struggle. This is why... Yep. So many Christian couples need to really understand this principle that you can't you can't be naive and just give away trust to your spouse. The Bible never says to do that. In fact, it says the opposite all over the place. It says you're a fool to trust mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. who's not trustworthy, right? And so, but in marriage, so many couples, so many couples don't really understand that. Aren't am I not supposed to just trust my spouse because we're married? And our answer is no. No, your spouse has to earn trust because trust is reactive. Don't get it confused with forgiveness. Forgiveness is proactive. Trust is reactive. So you should give 
forgiveness. You should extend forgiveness to your spouse, even though your spouse doesn't earn it. But that's not how it works with trust. Yeah, and this is so important for couples to be able to decipher the difference here. Uh, so I hope that you can hear us what we're saying that forgiveness, clearly the Bible does say that we are to forgive and that that's a proactive response. And really forgiveness is the gift to ourselves, right? Of not letting whatever breach of trust has occurred, whatever hurt has happened, that we don't let that destroy us on the inside and make us bitter and resentful. And then not really able to be in relationship with our spouse in a healthy way and maybe even anybody because we're just so caught up in our own bitterness towards that event. So forgiveness kind of releases that. It's kind of that ability. It's the engine that kind of gets the conversation started with your spouse to be able to say, you know what, I forgive you because the Bible tells me I need to forgive you. God doesn't hold our stuff over our heads. He isn't saying, huh, you know, once you do X, Y, and Z, then maybe I'll forgive. No, Jesus wiped that slate clean regardless of anything we've ever said or done. So that attitude needs to be present then in our relationship when someone breaches trust with us, when our spouse hurts us, that we're able to say, you know what? I choose to forgive you. I choose to forgive you because I know that's what God would want me to do. But I also know that's what I need to do in my own heart to get this conversation started and allow the fertile soil for you to start earning my trust back, right? Because if we're not forgiving, then we're not going to look at our spouse and say, hey, yeah, I'll let you earn your earn my trust back. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you, you know, I'll give you some data points of things you could start doing to earn my trust. If we're unforgiving, then we're just going to be set. We're going to be in our position and there's going to be no hope of reconciliation there. So forgiveness is like the engine that gets the conversation started. It releases us from hanging on to it and not, not giving our spouse a chance to then start the conversation of, I forgive you, but I don't trust you. Here's what we need to do. Paul said it like this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then in verse 13, he says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And so Paul tells us to proactively forgive. And if you're having trust issues in your relationship right now, really, like you said, Tracy, the, there's no way you're going to get off the starting point if you don't, if, if the person who's been offended doesn't extend forgiveness. Right. And I, I, I know that as a, as a spouse, you're probably thinking, well, they didn't earn it. Well, then you don't understand forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift. You don't wait for someone to earn your forgiveness. That's what the Bible says so clearly all over the Bible. You don't wait for your spouse to earn your forgiveness. So you need to extend forgiveness. That's what God did for us. We didn't earn his forgiveness, and yet he extended to us. But that's not how trust works. Mm -hmm. Trust is something that must be earned. And so if there's been a breach of trust in your relationship, you need to start by extending forgiveness and then saying, okay, now I want you to work to earn my trust back. And let, let's make a list together. Let's talk about this. How, how can you earn my trust back? Let's be measurable. Let's be committed for the long haul. Let's recognize it's going to take mm -hmm. time to earn trust back. And this is what God wants for us. Because last week we talked about the fact that love is a choice. It's a covenant. So you don't just bail on it because your spouse is untrustworthy. What you do is you say, we're going to work on this together. You're going to, you're going to learn to be trustworthy and faithful. 
and then I'm going to continue to extend forgiveness and our marriage can be rebuilt and restored. Yeah, none of us are perfect. And so if the shoe were on the other foot, would you want your spouse to respond to you with, there's no hope here and I'm just going to hang this over your head for the rest of our marriage, which unfortunately happens a lot. It's going to be much better as a couple that as you're learning about what love is really about, that covenant love, that choosing love, that then when a mistake happens, that rather than just being bitter and resentful and just hanging on to it, that you, you would be able to look at your spouse and say that both of you could look at each other and say, I messed up. I want to earn your trust. And that the other spouse would say, I forgive you and I'm going to give you the chance to earn my trust back. So that's pillar number two of a healthy marriage. Trust is earned, not freely given. Now, remember, if you want to talk about this with your spouse or with a couple's small group or maybe with your mentoring couple, you can find all these resources at pursuegod.org marriage. There's discussion questions and so much more. And don't forget to join us next week because we're going to talk about the third pillar. And there's only three, but the third pil pillar of a healthy marriage, which is all about communication and talking and, and even a little bit of doing conflict. So make sure to join us for that one. Hey, listeners, this is Brian Dwyer reminding you to rate this show on your favorite podcast app. That really does help us when you do that. That way more people can discover this podcast and start listening. And also, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend.